We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Seahawks Man-to-Man Podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. You can follow me on whatever the hell Elon is calling that app these days, at Mike Dugar, M-I-K-E-D-U-G-A-R. Appreciate all the love and support that we have gotten from our people on our YouTube channel, Seahawks Man-to-Man. That's man, the number two. Man is the name of the channel. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate it as we get ready for another season together. Chris, talk to him. What is going on, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206, and that is CKID206. Quickly on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, did you see the newest thing that he is doing with the with tweet, with tweet, with Twitter? Can't with the block thing? Yeah, you saw that. Yeah, well, I also read that he can't uh get rid of the block feature because of uh it's a requirement for a social media app that's on the google play store and on the app on the app store oh look so at that he really just doesn't know what he's doing so oh we've been known that <laughs> yeah oh very very clearly he's just trying to ruin what is easily the best app um of this century like of this era it's it's, it's amazing but anyway uh Welcome back, guys. We appreciate you joining us. We are coming to you the day after the Seahawks um, covered the spread against the Cowboys. Uh, I love looking at I love looking at that game in the lens of gambling. As soon as bro got the safety in the fourth quarter, I was like, Vegas is not to be messed with. Mm. Vegas is not to be messed with, man. Because what do you know? Seven, right? It was Seahawks minus seven, which what we mm. talked about on the radio is a very big spread for a preseason game. But Vegas knew that the Seahawks would play their starters and knew that Dallas would not. So that makes sense. And then Seahawks were only up six and they probably weren't going to score again and they weren't going to cover. And then they get a safety and cover. Uh, and then Jason Myers misses that field goal at the end. Uh, so then it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, Vegas. Do not mess with Vegas. But, yes, we're coming to you the morning after uh, the Seahawks covered the spread against the Cowboys. Like we just mentioned, Dallas played, I, I think, I talked with some of my homies who covered Dallas. I think Dallas played, like, three guys who were in the rotation, the dude who sacked Geno, their nose tackle, and then the guy who got who got bit on the uh, Jake Bobo Sluggo. I think his name's Deron Bland, maybe. I think that's it. Otherwise, it was pretty much 
no one of consequence played for the Cowboys, whereas the Seahawks, for some uh, not for some reason, but Pete has identified game number two of the preseason as one where he'd like to play as guys. You guys remember that's when DK played last year. Tyler, uh, they I think they all started against the Bears, played like a series or two. So whatever it is about game two, Pete likes that. They played pretty much all their guys except – let's see if we can name off top of the head, Chris, who didn't play. Bobby? Who uh, else Quandre play? didn't play. Quandre Reed. didn't play. Tariq yep. didn't play. Did you? Yep, did, did he play one series or no? No, Reek didn't. Nope. Ken Ken Walker did not play. No, what about you, Chenna? I know he was dressed. Chenna played. Chenna played. He, did, he played one series or something. One snap. Yeah, I think he okay. played the first series, and then when Jay Reed got the sack, I he think he came out, and then okay. Draymond Jones also right. came out. Like that was uh, that was the end. And I don't think Mario Edwards played. I don't think he did either. Yeah, no. so that that pretty much that wiped that was it. So for, other than that, you got most of the starters on both sides of the ball for the Seahawks. Which as much as uh, we don't like the starters playing in the preseason, like shout out to Mike McCarthy for uh, being a forward thinker on that. It was good to see those guys, uh, you know, for however long some of them played. Even Tyler Lockett just playing for like what a snap or two. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, he didn't catch, it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Yo, hey man, Tyler, come on, dog. You gotta get your feet down. You gotta get your feet down. Oh, it's preseason, <laughs> and that's not a ball he should have jumped for because he caught it with his chest. He should have. He, he catches it with his hands. He can drag his toes. Hey, huh? he knows that though. It, you know, uh, if I'd have known <laughs> that after the game, though, I would have said something in the locker room. I went into the locker room thinking he caught it. Mm. I even wrote that he caught it. It wasn't until my editor. Hit me while he was reading my story. He was like, "Hey, I'm gonna leave this sentence in there that Tyler caught this out route." But just so you know, he did. Not. He did not. <laughs> I was like, "You," sh-. he was like, "You shitting me?" Hold on, let me. Let me go back and look. And what? What do you know? He didn't. He didn't catch that. Uh, but yeah, it was nice to see those guys um, because if we if week one was about the young dudes, which we talked about, it's nice that week two was about dudes who actually, you know, are going to. We know are going to play. And they produced some good, Chris, and they, and there was some bad, a deep sigh uh, with, uh, the, with the bad. But that's we, always we, how it is. <laughs> we want to start. Uh, let's go. We should bounce back and forth. Uh, but let's start with let's start with good. Let's start with something. Ooh, in the well, we have. Should we start with in the good there's, category? There's so much to start with. Where do you want to go? Do you want to go with your boy Bobo? Do you maybe want to look at? JSN or Charbonnet, maybe someone from the defensive line who keeps flashing. BM, not baby mama. I like, boy, I like Jackson. I like, like Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, we can't. We're not. We're gonna call him boy BM. He needs a. <laughs> he needs something he better. Needs a, he needs a better name. Mike <laughs> Robinson on the broadcast called him Bouye. Um, oh yeah, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I, well, uh, it just it kind of sounds like a version of the joint that they were chanting for Ali. I know it's not it Bouye, but uh, no, I know. It, yep. Yeah. When he when he said it, I was like, oh. It, but yeah, like, come on, Mike. You gotta get the guy's name right. <laughs> but yeah, let's start with a, uh, let's start with let's start with JSN, man. There, I saw somebody tweet this this morning, and they're they're right. It was like there's no more player evaluation doesn't get easier than Jackson Smith and Jigba, and perhaps that's not like exactly right because like Andrew Luck was a pretty easy one uh, as well, for example. But in ter- like for this class. It's so easy to see how to use Jackson Smith and Jigba. Like some teams, it's like, oh, how is it going to fit in this scheme? Does he fit this scheme better than this? It's like, no, no, no. It's so easy to watch Jackson in the Rose Bowl, and you're just like, I know exactly how I can use that guy. And then you watch that crossing route. He has a couple other catches too, but then you watch that crossing route that we're showing here right now, 
uh, on the screen against the, I think the corner's name was like Eric Scott or whatever. And you're like, yes, that's it. That's exactly it. Chris, from the release to the route, which he like bends back out uh, vertical, which is great because otherwise that ball just goes out of bounds. From the release to the route, to the tracking, to the yards after catch, it was like, oh, I mean, John Snyder probably took a shot at uh, Casamigos <laughs> after that play. For real, because that's like everything you want right there in one. I mean, we'll talk about with the one thing you do want after that. But, <laughs> Chris, everything you want from the release to the route to the catch to the yak, you're like, oh, my goodness. This this is exactly it's like the scene. It's like the ending scenes from the first two Bad Boys movies. Where it's like from now on, that's how you do this. Yep. Boom. It's like, yo, this is I was like, yeah, that's. That's why you draft Jackson Smith and Jake. Just a perfect encapsulation of everything that can be when he's playing with Gino and Tyler and, and DK. Well, yeah, for starters, they come out in a look that is man-to-man and automatically, I mean, you've seen it in practice. Guarding Jason one-on-one, man-up, that's not something you're going to win a lot. And this is a perfect example of him winning, running the shallow cross up the field, getting some depth, obviously, on it tracking it late hands connection and he does the thing that we all know he's supposed to do making big plays not fast enough to get in the end zone though that's something he got to work on just finishing but other than that as you mentioned this is what the Seahawks drafted him for he's going to get a lot of opportunity in this scenario where he will have one-on-one and he just has to win and nine times out of ten if not ten times out of ten he is going to win a great route perfect play action pass and on this drive here the Seahawks just ran play action or they ran it, and the Cowboys kept coming up, kept coming up. They got a, Again, they got a look that they wanted for this play, which was JSN coming across the field and bending it upwards, and wow, money. Should have scored if we could be, you know, real stiflers on it, but this is what JSN does. Makes the big plays, gets them in position to score if he, if he doesn't, and what do the Seahawks do? They punch it in. So this was just perfectly drawn up. We talked about it off wax. You know, you're giving credit to Shane Waldron doing his thing on this drive here, and you see it. It's great play call, great execution, and you're you guys see what Drew Locke can do when he has a good pocket and he can throw it. He just looks the part. Then there are times, as Mike alluded to last week, where he makes a little bonehead decision here and there. But obviously, we're talking about the good here, and this was one of the standouts alone, and that's JSN. Yeah, I think uh, the corner that Jackson beats on this is uh, his name is Eric Scott Jr., like six-round pick. Um, so probably not a guy that's going to be in the Cowboys' um, rotation. But what stands out to me about – because sometimes you got to project a little bit like, all right, what if this if this was the starters? So the way Eric plays this is kind of interesting because it looks shallow at first, and Eric looks like he's going to jump it. Like it, like very similar to the ball that Tariq jumps, uh, that turns into a pick six against the Lions. Was that the Lions last year? Thank you. Like it's it's a kind of similar concept. It's like, all right, I'm a, I can jump the over route, um, and and take it to the house. And it looks like Eric tries to jump it, and then that's when uh, Jackson adjusts, and then Drew adjusts. Just great by those two. What stands out about that is if you kind of project like what how that would work against some starters. Well, this, the Cowboys have Trevon Diggs, who. We all know if you watch any Trevon Diggs, he would try and jump that the same way that Eric did. Like, that's exactly how Trevon Diggs would probably play that. Because Trevon Diggs is thinking that when the ball's in the air, that he's the one who should score. Great mindset. <laughs> uh, but he he would play that ball like that. The other thing that you can kind of imagine is I think on the other side of that formation, I think it's Cody Thompson. 
uh, running in over, and he runs in as a little deeper than uh, Jackson. So the safety chooses the deeper threat. Good yeah, call by the safety. And that's yeah. something that that's going to happen in reality, too. When you have DK running that or Tyler running that, the safety's going to choose DK or Tyler running that because you just have a smart safety that is um, because if the safety <laughs> tries to drive on Jackson's route, <laughs> it's a touchdown to DK, uh, to DK or uh, DK or Tyler, probably DK because DK has been killing on these routes in practice. So like that play, I know it was against, I don't even know who the safety was on that play. I think it's number 40. Um, so like I said, the Cowboys didn't play a lot of dudes, but the way that it was drawn up, the way that it was played, you can imagine how that would look against pretty much any team starters, um, but particularly Dallas who has a, uh, team has a really good secondary. Um, and that route, the way Jackson ran it, would work against the Diggs. It would work against the Stephon Gilmore, who I forgot um, that they had. Like, yeah, that that's a out, Chris. Uh, it's one play, but uh, Jackson in both games has really showed exactly what you want to see. He showed what he was in the most guys you want to show. You want them to show what they were on their college tape, you know, maybe even take a, a leap. But Jackson, just like, as long as you look like what you look like in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Just do everything you did in the Rose Bowl and more money in the in the pros. No notes, <laughs> no complaints. Like he caught everything. He was great after the catch. He ran great routes. Um, yeah, Jackson's gonna Jackson's gonna be something, man. That's what that's the first thing that came to my mind when I, I tweeted it too. When he when he caught that, I was like, he's gonna be a guy. You can just. You can just see it. Uh, and I did like from Drew Locke after the game where Drew Locke was like, yeah, his pregame meal is Chipotle. Um, I would advise Drew for that not to be his pregame meal. But that's that's OK. Uh, he said, though, on Saturday, he was he saw Jackson there getting Chipotle as well. Uh, and then after the game, he's like, Jackson, do you usually eat Chipotle? And Jackson told him, nah, I don't. But today I was feeling Chipotle. And Drew was like, well, that's why you got caught at the one, eating Chipotle instead of whatever you normally eat. <laughs> so you can go back to what you normally eat. So you stop getting caught at the one. Because, yeah, I'm pretty sure on, if they're watching film right now, maybe they're watching it on Monday. Guarantee they are just replaying this, putting some memes together or something with Jackson getting caught. Because he should not have got caught from behind, Chris. Yeah, it's shouldn't have got caught. But I want to point out the part where you talked about Cody Thompson, because here it is. They... We have it in, obviously, for our YouTube viewers. Mike broke it down perfectly. You have Cody, who is on the left side of the screen, number 13, and Jackson, obviously, on the right. And he runs it, just as you said it, Mike. Safety ends up coming over, taking it. Oh, and too late. Wide open, JSN. And like you said, that's just going to continue to happen in the regular season when do you let DK beat you deep, Tyler Lockett, oh, JSN, ah. So in those scenarios, you're going to see a lot of plays where JSN is going to have – the middle of the field and he's going to take it the option is there and that's why the seahawks took him because he is going to create so much for the seahawks team on obvious third downs when they need a con conversion and that's great to see that he was able to get there unfortunately again he didn't score but that's what he does man this is jsn in a nutshell 100 percent. yeah he's uh he, yeah, he got a score on that but yeah great great play um i like what tyreek smith told us after the game he was like that's just a taste of what he's able to do and i'm like oh yeah Give me some inject <laughs> that into my veins, man. That's just, just gonna be fun to watch. Uh, what else we got in the good? What else Your we, boy, we got, we got. Should we go? Yeah, let's go. Uh, Bo Bobo's fine. I like, I like Bobo, man. Um, this this probably hasn't been a better like your boy call. Um, 
on this show than Jake Bobo because I think it started it started in what mini camp or something like that. The yeah, uh, Bobo early. being my boy, yeah, very early. very early on the Bobo train left the station there with uh, and now it's got some passengers, boy, because uh, he is just doing something every game. I mean, and and I say every game, I'm including like the mock game. Like he's just been he's he's been doing his thing, dog, and. Holton, I talked to Holton Aylers after the game. Really cool dude to talk to. He mentioned that he actually, uh, I think Holton threw at East Carolina, and this is like in pre-draft stuff or maybe over the summer. He didn't specify. He he threw at East Carolina, and Jake, who transferred to UCLA from Duke, was up at Duke, not too far. I ain't been there, so I don't know. But he was saying they were able to throw like three times a week. Um, so he knows Jake as well as probably anyone on this roster other than Charbonnet who played with him uh, last year. But he mentioned too. What we've talked about on this show, there's really only two things receivers can control, whether you get open and whether you catch the ball. All that other stuff is not up to you. You control the two things that you are largely in control of, and you will always be a quarterback's best friend. And that's what Holton mentioned, too. He was like, speed don't matter. He's like, in my mind, I'm like, it can't because he ran four or nine. But I didn't say that. Uh, I, I didn't. In my head, though, I was like, well, it, <laughs> well good thing it doesn't uh, right here. But he's right. He said it unprompted. He's like, if you 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 get open and catch the ball, that's it. That's your that's your job. Um, and and then hold on to it, uh, obviously, because Jake fumbled at the end. But yeah, you catch you get open, catch the ball, Chris. I think what is Sluggo? Is Sluggo your favorite route? It's I was man. Saying. There's a couple of my favorite routes. I got so many routes. I like the the whip route, also known as the pivot. And actually, if you watch Kobe Parkinson on the bottom of your screen. The biggest dude out there on the bottom screen, he's right in the second and nine. You can see him. He runs a pivot route, a whip route, and he's open too. Bang, <laughs> wide open. So there was options there if Bobo didn't get it. But obviously, we're showcasing Bobo, and Mike talked about Sluggo being one of my favorites. Shout out to Jordy Nelson. That was the first time I saw it. Jordy was probably the king in running the Sluggo when he was with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. But top of the screen here, you see Bobo lined up. It looks like Gino calls a – they're blitzing here, but it doesn't matter. He knows what Jake is doing, and I think he's looking at Jake the whole time, to be honest. And we'll go ahead and roll it. Pivots inside. Oh, my goodness. And the separation he creates. The ball is in the air. The DB is at the <laughs> first down no, marker. He is cooked. And, <laughs> and that Bobo. is, by the way, I think a guy that plays in their rotation. Mm. Yeah, that's that's Deron Bland. Um, my, my Cowboys let me say that's their, that's their nickel. So he's playing outside. But either way, he plays. And, boy, he got cooked. I think the Seahawks saw watched the tape on this team last year, or maybe in recent, the first preseason game, and they love biting. We, we talked about Diggs, Trayvon Diggs, who jumps everything. I think that's how Dallas plays. They're just a team that wants the ball. And the Seahawks are like, okay, cool. We're going to run double moves on you guys, and we're going to see how disciplined you are, even though we know we think you're going to jump this. And the Seahawks are right on the money. And their goal pushed up against their goal line, and they were able to test him out, and wide open is Jake. The ball was a little underthrown, but hey, you know what? What did you say, Mike? There's two things that the receivers control. Get open. What are they, Mike? And catch and the ball. catch that thing. That's, and, that's it. You do that, and you are good every time. And that's what Jake does week in and week out, and that's just great for him. This guy is likely going to make the roster, and he keeps showing why. He is valuable. And, me and remember, this is Geno Smith, the starting quarterback. It's not Drew Locke. He's building rapport with Drew and Geno, which is a great sign. It's not that, oh, it's Drew Locke and he's playing with the twos and threes. 
he is playing with a starting quarterback for the Seahawks. And on this play here, he gives him, gives him a shot. That's unheard of usually in those scenarios. An undrafted guy is probably not getting the ball in this scenario. It's going to go to Parkinson down here at eight um, at the 10 doing a whip route. It could go to JSN, who also does a whip route from the opposite side. But instead, it's for Jake. That's just – you don't see that often. And that just gives credit to Jake and his ability to get open and the quarterback trust him. When you have those trust with your quarterback – it's going to be tough for the Seahawks to say, yeah, we're going to have to cut you <laughs> as opposed to we want to keep you. There's something valuable here. And obviously he might not get that many passes in the game, but who knows what happens in the future. And Jake has definitely proven to be someone you can count on. Cause what down is this Mike second and nine? Yeah. Second and nine. I see it there. So this is, Hey, we need to make a play here. We're, we're backed up. We need to make a play. And you go to jo- to Jake Bobo and fireworks, him and JSN doing what they need to do especially someone that's undrafted. JSN, obviously, he's projected and expected, whereas Jake, well, what is he going to bring to this team? You see it week in and week out, and I think he solidified himself as a receiver on the Seahawks unit for sure. Yeah, he should He should make He should make the team. Uh, it, it's not going well for some of the other guys who also play on the outside, too. That's working in his favor. You need a little bit of a luck and some help there if you're an undrafted guy because, like, Dariq, I think I – think all of the passes to Derek were incomplete yesterday. Yeah, two dropped, like, if I'm not mistaken. He had one, definitely dropped the one from Gino. Uh, the other ones, one was like a really bad go ball. The other one was, a, I think they were all go balls, I feel like. Um, no, one got broken up. Uh, oh, yeah, the, was that the slant? Yeah, yeah, one got broken up real late yeah. by somebody. I can't remember, but it's just like I was looking at my notes after the game. I'm like, yo, 83, did, did 83 catch the ball? It's not that it wasn't, you know, entirely. It wasn't entirely his fault. It was just like all the passes to him were incomplete. He's only logged with three targets, but I think some of those got wiped away because of penalty. But yeah, it was not a not a great showing by. Uh, just it's, the ball is not getting in Dariq's hands, which is unfortunate for Dariq. And then Deeskridge also plays on the outside, and he's got the knee thing. He's getting suspended, so it's all just. And then Cody Thompson, another guy who, who plays there as well. And then what do you know? He's got a shoulder injury. He re-injures it yesterday. So everything's looking up for Bobo. Um, some, and undrafted guys need that. You need guys to either underperform or get hurt in front of you, and you need to stay healthy and perform, um, make the most of your of your ops there. Like you mentioned, he's probably going to be like the fifth or sixth receiver. So he's not at a point where he's probably getting a ton of targets. However, I've, I say that, and we, we, we are right about that. But it makes me think at the same time about that one John Arsua target. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. In the 2019 regular season finale. I don't know the down and distance, but John got his first target in the last game of the year with the NFC with the NFC on the line because yep. the winner of that game was going to get the one seed, the loser getting the five. Uh, and he catches the ball like at the one instead of being in the end zone, which changes. I don't joke when I say this. It changes everything. That's the difference between them getting the one seed that year and the Niners end up going to the Super Bowl and the Seahawks end up losing, I think, at the Packers that year because they had to go from Philly to Green Bay. Now, I don't know if the Seahawks would have won the Super Bowl uh, that year or even made it. I think they would have made it uh, and probably lost to the Chiefs. But the fact that they we, we they couldn't even sniff that because of something just so small, I mean – that was, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty crazy. That's the game where Jake Hollister ends up not scoring right in the goal. But if you guys remember, John's first catch is right there, a seventh-round rookie. Um, so you never know. 
Maybe Jake, if that happens to you, get in the end zone. Well, we'll give him some credit. Jake is also 6'5". He'd probably be in the end zone. If he ran the same route, just schematically, he is going to be in the end zone. (laughs) Obviously, everything changes when the ball is thrown, but just given his height, weight, and everything, touchdown. (laughs) And also with Jake, I was one thing that's – because I think I've mentioned on here several times now because he's my boy. Uh, I did watch some of his stuff at UCLA when I went back to watch Zach Charbonnet. He didn't look super fast on tape. He did look open a lot. <laughs> um, I mean, a, a DTR threw him the ball a ton. Uh, I feel like him and he and Charbonnet were the whole, their whole offense. What has looked a little different in practice and in the games is he seems to have more wiggle here. And maybe that's because I'm just seeing more man-to-man reps um, than the zone that Pac-12 teams were playing, perhaps. But he's, he has a lot of wiggle. You can see it on the touchdown he caught in week one where he just barbecues that corner. And, like, even on the sluggo, he has some wiggle. Um, he caught, like, a whip route, your other favorite. This was in practice the other day. But I was like, man, that he, he dropped his hips really well for a dude who's 6'4", 208, 207, whatever. So, yeah, good for good for him, man. He makes the the good section of the podcast for back-to-back weeks. And he's I, – I would be – if there was outrage when Casey Williams didn't make the team in 2017, there will be there will be pitchforks for real at the facility January 6th at the, at the VMAC. If 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 Jake Bobo don't don't make this team, people are going to be very, very upset inside the building and outside the building because he's he's doing the, the right things. I didn't even want to bring that up, man, because that's all I could think about. I was going to text you about it but then i said you know what i'm not going to put that in the atmosphere because i i just didn't want to say that well i think the, the difference is the injuries and stuff yeah. that casey didn't get to benefit from although he should have made it over it's a white guy that made it over him that year tan or something Mac- 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 yeah yeah i think he made it over him that year so yeah that was that was part of it jake better than that though oh yeah that's... hashtag more bobo man <laughs> we got hashtag one more good i believe mike uh, there's, 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 there's two more I want to get to. Okay. One on offense is, uh, is oh, Charbonnet. Yeah, we talked about him. Yeah. Is Charbonnet, man. I think that Charbonnet is just like Jackson looking exactly like what he was in college. And for, for Charbonnet, the, you would like him to have like the breakaway speed, you know, some other guys drafted in that range at running back half. Um, but the fact that he doesn't have it, it's okay because you can see that he does. He uh, he does, he's still the complete package. I think he can get out uh, in the open field. He broke. Who did he run over last week a bunch of times? Some oh, safety uh, from the Vikings. Uh, uh, Lewis Seen. Yeah, just just kept trucking that dude. Trucked that brother like three times last week. So you see, he could be physical, uh, and then you see he can get in the uh, he can get in the open field uh, as well. I liked that. Um, he tried to go back into dude um, and, you know, try to score. Unfortunately, and that's just not, that's just not his, uh, his bag. Uh, that if you, if you, he's in the good section of this uh, podcast, but if there's something nitpick, very similar to Jackson Smith and Jigba, like you can see the non, how do I want to put the elite speed? Just not there with Jackson and Zach. Cause if they, if they had that, it probably would have been top 10 picks or something like that. And, you know, they wouldn't be on the Seahawks because Ken probably scores on that. I feel like if we had to take like a straw poll of our listeners, like, hey, guys, do you think Ken scores on that play? The answer is probably yes. But I do like Zach's vision. Um, he's not slow. 
And between getting in the open field and running folks over week one, like it's I love when I'm on the same page as Pete and we ain't got to talk about it. Like I was walking to the interview room and I was like, yo, going through my notes. It's like, man, like I don't even think Zach should play in week three because I was like, no. I've seen it. I've seen enough of Zach. Like I, I don't I, I, in my head. I was like, there's no mystery to what I, like, I don't need. He don't, he don't need to prove nothing else to me. Um, and then it's it's crazy. I, I missed the first part of Pete's press conference, and then I get in there late. He's talking about, I think, either Tyreek or Zach first, but he talks about Zach pretty early. And the thing he says is, we know exactly who we have. I was like, I love you, Pete. We we here. We here. Because that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, Because some of these guys, I want to see more from them. Uh, but like Zach and, Zach and JSN, which has been really good about the preseason, is after two games, I'm like, yep. I know exactly what the Seahawks have and those guys. I don't need to see nothing else. They got exactly what they were hoping to get. They got exactly what those guys were in college. And with Zach, that's a dude who will run you to hell over. And if your blocking is not sound, he can get uh, in the open field. Maybe he'll take one of those to the house at some point. But even if he don't, like, that's probably one of the uh, – of the guys who are going to play in the regular season, that's probably the most explosive run uh, that they've that they had in the preseason. So – yeah, he, he shouldn't play next week because they've Chris everything that they've wanted out of him, like he's 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 given it, given a little bit of everything. All he's got to really do now is like catch a swing pass, uh, like he did at UCLA. Other than that, like yeah, he he's on it in the preseason. Damn all that. Give him a screen. The screen game is working. I've seen practice he did working. <laughs> did, you you saw the game with screen week one, right? You saw that, hey, right? Hey, hey, it's week two now. We're moving oh, on. Don't oh don't boy. you do that. <laughs> We're moving on. Week Give two, him a screen. it's Give over. Him a screen. But week three, I want it. Well, he's not going to play, obviously, because we get what he's doing. But regular season, week one, go ahead and throw Charbonnet on third and three. Throw a screen pass just so I could text Mike and say, "See ya." <laughs> Have you seen these screens in the, in the games? They're not working. Well, you talk about week one. They didn't run a screen. Did they the run a screen season. yesterday? I don't think they did. Shane, thank you. <laughs> Shane's watching the same film as the rest of us. He sees that them joints are not working. They are working in practice, which is why I can see the thought. They are Ringo. definitely working in practice. Jackson, the, the ones that Jackson in particular tend to work in practice. Maybe he is saving those, but those <laughs> other ones are just not working. They are not. It doesn't matter who's the coordinator, who's the lineman, Who's the coach? What the name of the stadium is? They just don't work. And it's, it's not even just like I'm being an asshole about it. We can all see it. Tape, <laughs> we game. can all see it does play? not work. Yeah, I don't I don't think Shane called one. I know he – I feel like DJ Dallas caught something short yeah. yesterday. Oh, it wasn't – you're talking – well, that's that for never mind. That, we're talking no, about he didn't. Yesterday. He didn't. There, there wasn't. There wasn't a – it wasn't a screen yesterday. Okay, I didn't there you so. go, Shane. Shane is growing as a play caller. I'm serious, man. <laughs> Stop running them. It's a, you're blowing it down. It just does not work. I and okay, this is this is my screen rant now. <laughs> I don't like that teams and Seattle does this. A lot of teams do this, but they run screens on like third in a million. And it's just like guys, it's an offensive league. DBs don't get their head around. You are far more likely, in my mind, to Throw that joint up and get a, a ball, something to happen in your favor than you are to get a screen on third and 18 or whatever. Throw it up. That DB probably won't get his head around. Maybe your safety gets there too or the safety gets there too early. Maybe your guy catches it. I feel like there's just positive outcomes associated with the, just heaving it up there if you got a guy like that. 
you know what? There's not positive outcomes. A screen. <laughs> Do not run a screen. I feel you that on third and 19, I'm with you. But third and three, you can catch them sleep. I think go for it. Especially with Zach Charbonnet. Just do it. Or Jackson. I know you said JSN does it in practice. Hey, Shane, if you're listening, Chris Kidd is on your side. Third and three, throw it to Zach Charbonnet on the screen. Throw it to JSN. Make Mike go, oh, it worked. It's almost to the effect of Curry does a crazy dribble, 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 and Steph and Steve Curry like, no, no, no. Okay. You know what? It worked. That's where Mike's going to be. No, no, Shane. Ooh, ooh, okay. All right. Don't do it again. But we call that growth, Mike. Growth. That's all I want to see. Growth. So, Shane, week one, I want you to throw a, Charb- a screen to Charbonnet. I want Mike to lose his mind and then go, okay, don't do it again. <laughs> no, man. I just don't want to see. He, he's he's doing good. The growth is in watching the film of week one and seeing like, well, we shouldn't run that anymore. <laughs> and well, they did not. The one play the Seahawks should not run anymore, we talked about off wax, was the jet sweep to DJ Dallas. And then that erased that. That shouldn't have happened. I don't know what the Seahawks saw and thought, you know what? We'll catch him here. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yes. Yeah, yeah let's, let's kill that. Kill that. I think the flat sweeps in general are just not working. They ran one to Kay Johnson last week, too. Just not. Two yards. Didn't work. It, does, it doesn't. It, it's so it's it's hard if they don't have the corner because the cor- the the DB who's there is squared up already to the line of scrimmage. And your guy is running towards the sideline. So he is unlikely to shake the guy. It's just the the, the angles the of that are not not in your favor. On, on the, yeah, it's just it's just not you know. Uh, so yeah, to throw that out. Throw that. Out. Don't do unless that. you have uh, Tavon yeah. Austin running that play. Get it out the book. Or, or Robert Woods. Robert Woods would yes. just smoke these guys on there. Yo, the Ram. Hey, that's all they ran. <laughs> I think Debo, Debo smoked them on that before um, too. So everybody else in the division can do it. <laughs> It's not the Seahawks. <laughs> no, no, they don't. They don't, they don't got it. And that's Brandon, fine. They have other weapons. Brandon Tadika, he runs straight to the sideline. I'm like, hey, bro, you got to go upfield. You're like, I need you to pivot and head south. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just hard to stop and then cut up. So, yeah, I just don't. The same play that uh, that overshone linebacker got hurt on. He's on Dallas. It's like I think he gets hurt on uh, a check down to Zach. Um, but it was very similar in that, like when you when your guy catches it and his shoulders are to the sideline, it's just throw those plays out. Just don't don't like uh, those plays. We got one more good on yes. defense. Is this Trey? We got Trey mm-hmm. coming up. That's right. Yeah, man. I think uh, Trey played a lot yesterday too. I didn't expect him to play that often. I was like, what's going on? And then Pete mentioned that they were just dinged up at corner. Although I feel like they could have played Lance Boykin. If they really wanted to, he's been he's been getting a lot of reps in practice and stuff like that. Um, Trey, man, the guys who have to grind through the injury stuff, man, you, you it's always really encouraging to see them. I don't care if they play well; it is nice to see them get out there and just have a moment, um, even if it's something. It doesn't have to be a big interception or something, but just make a tackle. Just like have a have your moment. Like BBK last week, it was really cool to see him get out there because that that rehab for his knee was was rough. Um, the Seahawks have had tons of guys have to come back from injury. Tyreek Smith, I was thinking of him in that same regard last week. Guy who had to miss all of last year, um, just couldn't ball. But yeah, for Trey, just off that note, great. But in terms of the play, Chris, that's how you win a job. Yeah, right there. Get your that's, hands on the football. Get your hands on the football. 
while also stopping a touchdown. Like that's to the underrated, not underrated because everybody saw it, but that's a really important part of that play too. It's like, it looks like they are going to score. And instead you robbed them of that uh, by jumping. He baited the quarterback a little bit. So that's how, you know, a corner's in his bag. He's like, I'm going to bait you. I'm going to make you think you can throw this. Uh, I think, what did the dude run there? Did he run like a post? Uh, uh, I, I, feel I like. can't. I, um, actually, let's see. He must have because he starts off on the side near the, he's at the numbers and then he's, comes inside so it's either a dig route or a post based on yes. the angle I, I can't tell so it's one of the two <laughs> yeah one of the two either way it's a it's a it's a it's something that breaks inward um and trey he's got his deep third sits on it um jumps it perfectly i thought it was a good read by him he mentioned that he had cramps the play before he wanted to come off the field he was like i'm gonna get off this field one way or the other and then you know gets the interception i thought that was kind of funny but the cornerback battle has been so tight in practice that these games are going to matter so much. Like I wrote like guys whose stock is up and whose stock is down. And, and then this was on Friday. This came out in the third section of that story. I mentioned, here's the guys who can boost their stock. If they play, I mentioned Mike Jack and Trey Brown. And we'll get to Mike Jack after this Trey, I thought boosted his stock. I think someone asked Pete Carroll. I wasn't in the room for it, but I listened to the replay. Someone asked Pete Carroll after the game was like, did Trey Brown win a job last night? He said no, not necessarily to this point. He got to watch the film, which is the right answer there. There's no reason to declare a starter on August 20th or the 19th or whatever. But Trey did play well. Um, and, man, look here. You want to be a corner? You want to make the team in Pete Carroll's defense? Get your hand on the ball. Get your hand on the ball and don't give up anything deep. Like, those are the two things right there. That's what uh, Tariq Willem was really good at last year. Not only did he lead the league in interceptions – Tariq wasn't out there getting cooked either. You know, we talked a little about Trevon Diggs early on the Cowboys. That boy gets cooked. He gets pick sixes, he but then he also cooked. gets cooked. Uh, really good corner, but he be getting barbecued. So Trey did a good job yesterday of like, all right, making sure they don't test you because you're doing your job in coverage. He tackled really well a couple times, which I thought was notable because Trey had a pretty bad missed tackle uh, in week one in the flat. Uh, I think it was on like a backup tight end or something too. They ran something similar, uh, Trey one-on-one with the bigger guy, and he drops him. So I thought that week-to-week improvement was good. Um, and then, yeah, his interception cap was already a pretty solid night from him. And it just – if Mike Jack was leading the competition and Trey was trailing coming into this game, I would, at the very worst, I would say it's a, it's it's deadlocked. I would oh. say I would say probably – I would say because Mike Mike probably had a little bit of a lead. Just a smidge. Just a smidge. Because Mike has been really solid. I was making plays in practice. Um, and he played last year. So he's got all that wealth of knowledge that, you know, from all those snaps. But now it's Chris. I would probably say it's probably deadlocked. Um, and now they're in the position where both of those guys should play against the Packers. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Like, to be honest, here I say, I think Trey took the lead based on, so, huh? based on the performance, right? Both of those guys had an opportunity yesterday to make plays. One guy did, the other guy didn't do so much. And one guy really improved, as you hinted, from week one to week two. He clearly watched the film. He tackled better. He actually got an interception, made a play on a ball. That, I think, takes into consideration. Obviously, you did mention there's one more preseason game left. Both of those guys will probably play. And then, based on that performance, one will be the starter, obviously, if Devin Witherspoon is not healthy and available week one against the Rams. All that being said, Trey really, I think, put himself in position to take the step up. So if they're, you said they're both locked, so let's say they're both at eight, eight and eight, okay? You need 10 to be a starter. I think now with this game against the Cowboys on Saturday night, he got to nine and Mike Jackson at eight. It's very close. I think it's still there, but I, I think he just made the extra play that Seahawks defensive staff is thinking, we trust this guy a little more. We trust him to do A, B, and C. He got his hand on the football. The Seahawks got the ball back on offense, which you alluded to. Catch the ball. Make a play on defense. Don't let the other team score points. He, he did that. And I think that just gives him just the edge for this week. And again, next week, who knows what happens. Mike Jackson can come out and have an incredible game. Trey Brown can have an incredible game. And now it's, damn, okay, now what do we do? And it's back to how do we figure out who's going to be the starter if Devin isn't, re- isn't ready and we haven't seen anything from him in the preseason. What do we do now? That really That's how it could come down to it. But I really love what Trey, how Trey played on Saturday, and I thought he was – you could tell he was motivated. And then the quote that you mentioned him, okay, I'm cramping up, but I'm not going off on the field like this. And then for him to get that interception, that just speaks to his – his passion, his drive, and how he wants to be a part of this defense and make plays because he can. That's why the Seahawks drafted him. They saw something, and you saw him at Senior Bowl a few years back, and you were like, you know, he's nice. I know he's a little underside, but Trey Brown. Unfortunately, injuries derailed him, but here he is battling back to be with that unit, to be alongside Tariq Willen, Quandre, Bobby, all these guys that he's been around in the locker room. He has an opportunity now to really – make a case for him to be a starter on the outside, even though he is underside. He made a play there, jumped up, made the catch, returned it. That's all you can ask for. And I think, again, he, he just he has a, a slight edge over Mike Jackson right now, I think. Although Mike alluded to the point that, hey, it's knocked in. They're, they're both battling for the same spot. I do think that Trey just has the small advantage. So the, the difference between those two is actually kind of really subtle, but it, I think it's important. 
Mike is very, you know, yesterday notwithstanding, of course, uh, really consistent on a play-by-play basis. Never, not too high. Like he'll get his hands on the ball here and there, not too high, not too, not too, not too, not too many lows. Like not there getting barbecued really, uh, but also it's not like, oh man, look at that interception, Mike Jack just. I think he caught one in practice this year. I can't remember. I had to check my Twitter or something. or check my notes. But the point is. He's not too volatile, pretty consistent. Like if he was a chart, the chart would not have peaks and valleys. Like it's pretty consistent. Whereas Trey is a little bit more volatile. I th- there was, I think I tweeted this. Um, I've, I've stopped doing practice observations, but there was one day that I did tweet it. Uh, Trey got beat by DK on like a red zone rep. DK scores a touchdown. I think it was like a fade ball. The very next rep, Trey breaks up um, uh, a third down inter- uh, play to DK in the red zone, same spot. So it's, that kind of shows a little bit of what you get. He's not full on like Marcus Peters or Trayvon Diggs. Like those dudes, like we mentioned, they, they just get barbecued. But then they try to make up for it with a pick six. And then they do, which is why those guys got paid. That's why they've been all pro. That's why they pro bowlers. Like there's a reason why those guys are, are who they are, right? They are good corners. But that style of corner is not for everybody. Um, but I think Trey's like kind of in the next tier. Like he does not, he doesn't get barbecued. Um, but he can have plays where he he gives up something. Maybe it's not something big, but just gives up something. It happens in practice. Like you guys have seen some of the one-on-one footage we've been able to tape. Like he had some really like the first day I did one-on-ones, my thread. That's a good example of Trey too. Like I think Trey like locks up Tyler Lockett to the point where the quarter quarterback didn't even throw it. I've also seen Trey get an interception uh, in one-on-ones. I couldn't post that clip because the because of the rules. But like he he picked off Geno uh, in one-on-ones the only corner i've seen get a one-on-one interception there's also in the day i was able to do a thread of the videos in one-on-one i'm pretty sure jackson smith and jigba gets him pretty bad uh on a route that we i think we put that in here the, the week we did that uh on the pod so like it's a little bit of like he's a little volatile but i do think what could give him the edge chris to your point about him maybe taking that job is the being pretty consistent on the play to play and then making the big play because like Richard Sherman would talk about this all the time, make the play. The play that, and when he says the play, he means like the play that changes the game. The game that the, the play that helps us win. It's very helpful to just play good coverage. That's great. But that's where I thought like someone like Tariq was better than Sauce last year. It's like Tariq was making plays to get his, get the defense off the field, like not just not getting thrown at. Um, although obviously Sauce had twenty PBUs as well. I'm not going to dismiss that. But you guys get the point. Interceptions are better than PBUs. So. Uh, and even in training camp, or excuse me, in these preseason games, Trey had, I think he had a PBU in week one. Now he has this in week two. It's like he's making the plays, whereas Mike's just kind of just solid usually. Although, Chris, yesterday, Mike Jack was that. That's not the Mike Jack we've been seeing. Those plays that he gave up, that though, it's it's not that he gave just gave him up. That stuff we've seen him cover off camp. Like this go ball that you're putting on the screen right now, like – there's it's underthrown. Yeah, it was like, come on, man, get your, get your head around, Mike. Like, we've seen him do it. He gave up a slant to the same cat. To be fair, come he on, did get man. his head around. It was just late, and as you said, it was underthrown. He he was just out of position. To be honest, he just ran yeah. by him. He's <laughs> expecting the ball to be on target oh, instead yeah, exactly. of yeah, instead yeah. of behind it. But like, these are t- the slant he gave up. Fourth and four, he runs. A, dude runs an eight yard comeback. It's like. <sighs> 
you these are plays you got if you want to be a starter you got to make these if you want to be a starter and there's other dudes fighting for your job you got to make these he knows that we don't gotta like pile on but those plays are not what we've been seeing from mike like those are the type of plays where people are looking at us in the media like y'all sure mike been killing it because uh that didn't show up and we like no 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 for real he is he is even Pete Carroll last night he was like he's still playing well he's still a guy we can count on and I know why he used the word a guy we can count on because like I mentioned Mike kind of is he's really steady just rep by rep by rep by rep generally that's why yesterday was like who's this in this number 30 jersey that's not the Mike Jack we know Mike Jack he might not have intercepted any of those but the Mike Jack we've been seeing would have made sure all those were incomplete because that's what he's been doing at practice uh, and against better receivers. This Jalen Tolbert guy, cool, but they're looking like Brandy Moss. Like, <laughs> come on, man. For real, like, what? Is this? A, is that guy a rookie? Let me see. Jalen Tolbert. Nah, he's not a rookie, but, like, he was out there looking special. Chris, I don't even know who this cat is. Like, yeah. He shouldn't have looked like that against Mike Jack. He should have He should have had a stronger performance. And then when Trey got the interception, it was like, yeah, one guy's going one way, and then Mike probably had – that was a that was a bad night for for from for Mike to be off. Yeah, and you mentioned just for him being bad or not having a good night. The problem I think that also took place was that they were on big possessions. Chances for the Seahawks to get off the field. It's not That's as right. if it was first and ten and you got beat with the goal ball. All right, whatever. First and ten. They they tested you, you got beat. All right. These are scenarios where, okay, if we get the stop, we're off the field. We're getting into the offense. And they attacked him three different times. The first one, I, I said, damn, you know, you got your head around. The ball is just underthrown. But he also did hold before. So, to be honest, he probably would have got – if the ball was perfectly thrown, he would have got beat there because he was clearly holding. So, he got a pass interference. So, it's like, okay, that wasn't a good rep at all. Period. You just got beat. And he knows it. That's why he was holding. I watched the replay. And I'm thinking, damn, bro, you got your hands all trying to slow him. Bro, you just got beat. And who, like you said, who is this guy? We don't know who he is. Just a bad rep. The second one, we don't have it in here, but they attacked him again. On a, I think it was the slant or was the, it was a slant. It was, it was a slant. The slant, Seahawks yeah. said, we're going to, we're getting off the field here. It's third and seven. We're blitzing. Damn all that. We just, we sit in the house and it's cover zero. So basically what that means is everyone's manned up. Immediately in my head, if I'm a DB, I know I have no help in the center of the field. Meaning if I get beat, if you cross my face, it is curtains. My hope is that I can at least get the tackle. But it, in that scenario, you don't even want to give that up. You want to try to keep him outside. It's easier said than done. These are professional athletes. I get it. But I thought Jackson just could have given, I don't know, an inside jab to just keep him to just buy time for maybe the blitz to even get there. Maybe the pass gets deflected. Who knows? On that snare, on that slant, it just didn't work out. The, the receiver almost dropped the pass, if I'm not mistaken. He bobbles it, and Jackson just couldn't make a play on it. And those are times where it's just, I need Jackson to make that play. As you said, Mike, he's done it in practice. You basically gave us a chart. Jackson has been very mellow. It's not a pew, pew. He's not up and down. He's been very just he's steady. Every now and then he'll maybe get beat for something, but not to the magnitude of, okay, third down, we're going to throw it at Mike Jack. Third down, we're going to throw it at Mike Jack. Fourth down, we're going to throw it at Mike Jack. And he was not successful in any of those, unfortunately. And those were, I think, that's the most important important part, important piece here is that 
The Seahawks were trying to get off the field. And he was the sole reason why, unfortunately, they didn't. And that sucks. That that yeah. that stinks. When you're the guy that is – they're testing you on third and seven, third and four, and fourth and four, and you don't help the defense get off the field, that is what hurts you. That hurts your stock. And he, might, he probably will get a chance again, but Green Bay, he's going to watch the film, and I'm sure he wants every single one of those reps back because he knows what he can do better. We see what he can do better. You've seen it in practice. He's just going to have to take that one to the chin and come prepared for that against the Packers, who I don't know who the receivers are. I know Christian Watson, the speedster, I don't think he's going to play. Dobbs, he might play. I'm not sure. But he's going to get tested again because guess what Green Bay is going to do? They're going to watch the film. They're going to see what they can do. Oh, it's third and seven? Well, let's just take a shot on Mike Jack. Mike Jack is going to have to step up and get a PBU. Maybe not an interception, but if it's third down and seven, third down and four. No, he should catch it. He should catch it. Well, how about this? Make a play. That's all the Seahawks want you to do is make a play. And he had opportunity to do so. He just didn't have a great day in the office on Saturday against the Cowboys, unfortunately. Yeah, that's a good point about down the distances. That's that's huge. It's time to get off the field, get off the field. That's where you're making money. Get off the field. Get off the field. That is where a PBU is almost as good as an interception. Like, because you're knocking it down on third down. So yeah. They're punching. Uh, yeah, man. Or yeah, the turnover please. on downs. Yeah, that's one of those cases where it's not translating from practice, or like we were talking about with the rookies translating from college. What a guy is doing in practice or in college not translating. Because yeah, that was even the last week. Uh, I think Jordan Addison caught that ball against Mike Jack. Uh, yeah. The Vikings just didn't challenge because crazy. For, for whatever reason, because the replay, first replay I saw said looked like they got it. Uh, oh, so, yeah, he, I, I'm looking forward to a bounce back. Game. The, Mike, the Mike Jack bounce back game week three, hopefully it's there. But that, that's, that was some that was some bad uh, from from week two. Uh, in that same vein, in, in the bad section of yesterday, it's not that he played because he didn't, but – Man, I really want to see Spoon out there, man. Mm. It's really unfortunate we're not seeing um, Devin. You know, he had the hamstring injury when he got drafted. Uh, he had the hamstring injury in OTAs or minicamp, whatever that was. Um, and now he's got it again. Same leg. Uh, I think Pete said same leg, different spot. Um, but I, to be fair, to or just to be honest, I Pete Carroll, when it comes to injury updates, I'm just not. I, I'll tell him this. I just... I'm just not confident when he brings it up because I swear, bro, it's just like he makes it seem like they got to amputate a dude's leg sometimes. It's just like, yeah, it's an unusual injury. We've never seen this before. And you find out the dude's knee is just sprained. <laughs> what are you talking about? You see knee sprains every week. So sometimes when Pete says something, I'm like, oh, man, hopefully this dude's not dead. Because like when, he, when Pete calls something legit, I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> that dude might never play football again. Uh, so anyway, I, I watching Trey, watching Mike, I just watching the good of Trey yesterday and the bad of Mike yesterday. It's just like, man, I really wish we could see Devin thrown in there too. Cause I do think you can throw Devin in there if he hasn't played in the preseason. I don't think you should do that against Sean McVay week one. Um, cause Sean McVay, <laughs> he'll, he'll test your rookie. He ain't, he ain't got no reps. <laughs> Best believe that. Um, I think Devin would handle it. Okay. But he just, Put him in position to succeed, you know. Uh, but yeah, that that was like when I was walking in the locker room again. As you guys can see, I do a lot of thinking as I walk to the locker room. Uh, I do because I take the stairs, I usually don't take the elevator, so it just gives me time to go through my notes before I get in there. Uh, it's a lot of stairs too. <laughs> I just wish we could see if we could see Spoon, man. I just wish we could because he 
he's balling in practice too. Like when he, it probably feels like if you're a Seahawks fan, like you see Jalen Carter playing for the Eagles and playing well, and then you're not seeing Spoon and you're just like, oh, here we go again. It's Creed Humphrey and D.S. all over again. I don't think it's that, but I can see how it might feel that way, especially since he's playing nickel and not on the outside. But guys, trust me, when Spoon's on the field, it looks great. Like he looks looks ready. I've talked to some people like behind the scenes too, like off the record stuff. They're like, Mike, wait till you see 21 on mm-hmm. the field. They just they just do that thing that like people do when they really confident. They just they just stop talking and just keep nodding. <laughs> and you and you wait to see if they're gonna keep talking. They just know they just say, Mike, just wait till you see wait till you see 21. And they're nodding. I'm just standing there like am I anything else? <laughs> Should I talk? I don't know. I don't know. They just they're just walking off like just wait till you see 21. I'm like, okay. I'm waiting. Tick, tick. I would like to see. And I mean, don't rush him out there because, you know, you don't want a guy with a bad hemi on the field. But I thought that was unfortunate yesterday because that would have been nice to see all three of them get reps so we can yeah. talk about all three and compare. Uh, because Spoon is a top five pick. You do want do want and need him to play. Uh, I think he needs those reps. So I, I thought that was uh, unfortunate. I want to see him play nickel. I want to see him play on the outside. Like, I want to see it all. Uh, you know, we're just not getting those reps. It feels like every year there's always a high Seahawk draft pick who just doesn't play, you know, in the preseason because he's hurt. So that's that that's that that's also in there in the bad. When's the next time you're gonna wrap with Pete? Uh that's a good question. I haven't checked the schedule. Uh but Tuesday? I do think yeah, Monday or Tuesday we'll get an update. But again, it's Pete Carroll dog. When well, he gives hey, maybe he surprised you. Hey, Devin's gonna be playing the preseason game finale. There you go. <laughs> I want. I just want to see. I have to see it, man. Because I swear I he would make. It. And you and you guys know. You guys listen to. The, you guys see our tweets. Watch you it, watch man. the videos. You guys all know. When Pete Carroll says some, Pete Carroll be like, "Oh yeah, nah, he's in the walkthrough today. He should get out there." And then the injury report comes out like four o'clock. Oh, did not participate. Y'all like what the hell, Pete? That's why. If you guys notice, I am very clear about injury updates. I always say Pete said at the end. I'm like, make sure this is who this is coming from, so you guys can. Take that with a grain of salt because it's just so funny. I just he'd just be off sometimes, or just makes stuff seem way bigger than it is. Whenever he calls something unusual, I'm just like, oh my god, I really hope I had to take this guy's leg off because he had some unusual toe sprain uh, <laughs> that the staff has never heard of. I hope they don't have to go through that. Uh, but yeah, hopefully we get Spoon back out there because he is he is he's been playing well too, um, and. What you saw from like Mike Jack shows like, hey, that's why they consider taking a corner because there is a guy, there's a, there's a higher ceiling to be had for a player uh, out there on the outside. Trey might have it too, so I wish wish we could see him out there. Uh, Chris, another thing that stood out in the bad section yesterday was, and this goes kind of go to week two. I'm not particularly impressed with what we're seeing in the run game from like guys who will be starters. Like the backups have run okay. They ran okay in week one, particularly in the second half. Um, I don't want to mess up Thompson's last name, but 29 uh, from last night. I, I have his name in front of me. I just don't want to try to mess that up. But like he ran pretty well uh, yesterday. Like there were good runs, but like I'm talking like the first team guys. Like I don't think it's a coincidence that DJ Dallas's numbers from yesterday. DJ has five carries yesterday for nine yards. Like one of them was a one yard touchdown. Uh, but other, other than that, you got four carries for eight yards. You know, I think DJ's numbers also are particularly great in the first game. Even Zach Charbonnet, uh, he had three carries last night, I think, for 31 yards. 
29 of them, I think, came on that one big run. So other than that, he had two carries for two yards. Uh, and some of this is not just because uh, it's not I'm not uh, blaming the running backs on some of these. Like if you watch Charbonnet's carries in particular, the blocking is just not there. Um, Chris, you saw it when you watched the film in week one last week. There's a play last week. Ivan Pace Jr., linebacker from the Vikings, number 40. A uh, guy I like the senior bowl too, really physical dude. On one play, he takes out four people. One of them is his own guy because he cracks Phil Haynes in the chest, and that trips up Zach, who then falls into Evan Brown, who then gets pancaked by the nose tackle as a result. Like there's four dudes basically on the ground, all because of Ivan. Uh, and and that's and that was uh, I think I forget what that run only picked up like three yards, something like that. Uh, but even on some of DJ's zone runs yesterday. It just wasn't there. On one of Zach's runs yesterday, I think Delu gets walked back by 97. I think uh, the nose tackle or whatever. Yeah, I think he's their nose tackle for Dallas, one of their starters. Uh, I believe, like, you just can't have that. Um, the run. So when you got guys like Delu, Phil Haynes, I think someone missed a block on one of uh, Zach's runs yesterday, too. Might have been Disley. I, I can't remember. It was on the left. I'd have to see the all 22 to know for sure. Point being, and you guys can see this, too. The, from the guys who are going to play, like I'm excluding these reps where you got Greg Island out there and Jake Curran and Stone and all those guys who aren't going to play um, just because that's not as while we're projecting for the regular season, it's just not useful to use them in the sample. Right. That's fine. The guys who are going to play, though, I just I want to see more from the run game, because like you talked about, Chris, with the play action game, they're trying to mix them together like play action, run, play action, run action run like you could see it they were doing a lot of first down play action or excuse me they're doing a lot of first down run second down play action particularly with drew lock um and it was working and then i just but i wasn't seeing i wasn't seeing the successful runs it kind of the nerds kind of won yesterday because it showed that you can run the ball and not have any success and still play action the hell out of the thing and, and throw the rock which drew lock was able to do uh without much of a big running game outside of uh, charbonnet's big one so, yeah, I, I would like to see that be better because um, a lot of it looked like just blocking stuff. It didn't look like a bunch of holes were missed or cutback lanes or something like that. It just looked like, nah, guys are getting the ball. Um, you can freeze frame it. when, Like when Charbonnet catch, gets the ball in his, his stomach, you freeze it, and you're like, oh, he has nowhere to go right now. There's a linebacker in his face. Um, yeah, it was just in two games – it hasn't been super encouraging. The overall numbers have been. I think they ran for 140 yards yesterday. Um, I think 40 of those were Holt Nailers, who gave us a show in the second half. That boy is fun. He either runs it or chucks it. <laughs> yeah, one check down yesterday. Yeah. That boy either runs it or chucks it. He is great. Uh, it, anyway, besides that, they ran for about 100 yards yesterday between the running backs, uh, which, is, which is fine. But the guys who are going to play, we're not we're not seeing it. Yeah, DJ Dallas in the preseason is seven carries for 10 yards. Uh, longest run, seven yards. And I don't think that's just because DJ automatically just forgot how to run the ball. No, he didn't. Y'all got blocked. Same thing with the uh, Zach Charbonnet. I don't have his numbers for the preseason in front of me, but outside of that big run, uh, like the reason he had to run over that safety uh, is because the blocking didn't get to that safety in the box uh, on one of those plays from last week. So uh, let's see. Zach's had seven carries for 45 yards. Uh, oh, that's a decent yard per carry, too. It helps that he had a 29-yarder. But, yeah, Chris, in two weeks, I'm like, I would like the run game to be a little bit more explosive without Zach having to run through people's face, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'll say this, and 
this this I think is is good in a certain way because we've talked about this last season in the regular season with can you win the game because of Gino? For for all intents and purposes here, let's say the first three weeks the Seahawks struggle to run the football. But on the bright side of things, Gino is improving where he struggled in the second half of the season. He wins those three games. I think that is a good thing for Gino to have early on in the season where the team needs him to get victories. And he has that confidence where, okay, the run game ain't working. <laughs> but now I can sling the rock and it doesn't matter. We're getting we're scoring touchdowns. We're moving the ball. The run game, we can figure it out as the season progresses. We can make adjustments. We can figure it out. But because I am able to carry this team as Geno Smith, that is, we are winning games. Now, obviously, the schedule is not going to get easier. The case maybe teams are going to have more film, et cetera, et cetera. But if Geno can actually come out and win games, Geno just took another step. Because that's something Geno hasn't proven, that he can just be the reason the Seahawks win. Now, I know that's looking at it glass half that's full. That's the most glass half full thing I've ever heard in my life. The run game sucks, but we got Gino. There you go. That is that's that could be that could be that could be where things are going. Now, obviously, no one wants that. That's that's a lot to ask. It's not like Gino's Patrick Mahomes is like, hey, we can't run the football really. But every now and then we might pop one. But then it's like, well, we got Patrick. Just throw it to Travis, throw it here, touch that. It don't matter. All I'm saying is if Gino has improved and the Seahawks do struggle and they have the weapons of JSN, DK, Tyler, screenplay to Zach Charbonnet. No, I, don't, I know you can screen. I'd, I'd rather them just keep running it into a brick wall than try these screens, dog. It's just not just no, man. The better, the better comp for what you're saying is probably Herbert. Those guys have not been able to run the ball well. But they're competitive. Good call. Okay, so yes, Herbert is just just slinging that joint. So if there's a way for Gino to do that with the weapons he has, maybe the Seahawks can still get wins, which is still a problem because you want to be able to run the football effectively. You don't want to just got, have guys running out there into brick walls over and over again, not gaining anything from it, and the off the defense is thinking all they can do is throw on us. They can't stop it. It don't matter. But that's kind of the glass half full that I'm looking at when you were breaking down just. I'm kind of concerned about the run game coming into week one. The Rams, I don't know how they're going to be. I mean, they still have Aaron Donald. They'll have a healthy offense. Perhaps maybe the run game flourishes week one. But if it doesn't, now is the chance for Geno to prove that I'm that guy. I can win you a game. I can win you a couple games. I can throw the ball. It doesn't it, it, screw the run game. <laughs> Give me the ball. I will make things happen. And that would be okay. Now, Shane, how are you going to get the run game to work now that Gino is slinging the rock? So that's just one thing I thought of when you were talking about your concerns with the run game. Yeah, I mean, that would be great, but it's well, not ideal. It's, like you wanna, No, it's not. Because they, they're going to run the ball. So when they do it, I, they should be good at it. Yeah, I just haven't been – I would just like to see more, you know? It's like the bloopers from Rush Hour 2. He's like, we'd love to see that. We'd love to see that, Jackie. Like, yeah, I just, I just love to see – I'd love to see more uh, just from it because it's they're running the same type of stuff, you know, like the the, the cutback lanes just aren't there in some of the wide zone um, stuff, particularly against the Vikings. Jonathan Bullard played really well uh, against them in week one. He was just just blowing stuff up in the backfield. Uh, the backside, I feel like, of some of the blocks yesterday were, were pretty solid, just like the front side, I feel like, wasn't 
Um, but yeah, there was good blocking on DJ's touchdown, the one yarder. I think Will seals a uh, defensive end really well. But in general, when I go back and look at the starters in the run game, I'm like, okay, this is just okay, but this is not a team that can hang its hat or run in the ball, which I know these guys want to. I've talked about this on the show before. They walk around the facility with hats that say run the damn ball, you know, on the front of the execute, you know, the front guys. Of the execute. Yeah. So th- this is what they want to be able to hang their hat on. I was great to see the explosive passing game yesterday without, you know, some really big run numbers, at least from the starters. But uh yeah, you don't want to lean on that. Uh credit to Gino though, like you said, uh, although I'm not just gonna hope that he plays Superman, but we'll say this. Whereas a lot of the play action stuff with, with Drew Locke yesterday, um, Gino really didn't do any of that. Gino continues to play what I like to call big boy football. Gino gets back there. I think the first play, I forget what the first play was yesterday. Might have been a run. But the, the second play, play yeah. they went no huddle and went into empty. Yeah. And Gino was <laughs> like, this is great. Yeah, the first play was a run because they were in 13 personnel. And then right after that, they're just like, we're going empty. It's like, whoa, big boy ball folks, right here. What's 13 personnel, Mike? Oh, so 13 personnel, three tight ends, one receiver. Uh, the receiver was Jackson. Uh, and they, they went empty, and then Gino just sits in the pocket, surveys, and then hits Disley. Uh, I don't think he – I think he picked up almost a first Nine yards, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I think they did a QB sneak right after that. But Gino operates like that, and I do like that about Gino, that he's not – it's not that play action is bad. Everybody should use it. Gino I don't think he's dependent. Well. He's not dependent yeah, on Yeah, he's not dependent on it. He can do it, but he's not dependent on it. Where I think some quarterbacks, like, I think that's different between Drew and, like, excuse me, different between Gino and uh, Jared Goff, for example. Both of their numbers were great last year. Fantastic. Goff had a great year. You go watch the tape and you're like, okay, Goff is looking like LA again, where they are just play action the hell out of the ball. O line is great. Run game is great. And he's hitting the, the throws that he's really good at. That's that's not bad. It's just different. Whereas Gino's like, all right, we're going to go empty. All right, I'm changing stuff here. Ah, ooh, I'm hunting. Yeah, this check down is open underneath, but I like this deep shot, like like on the Bobo play you talked about. Yeah, two underneath options open. Mm-hmm. Screw that. <laughs> Bobo's, we're going to get the 30-yarder. G- Gino played, that play was also, I think that was out of shotgun. Um, yep. with his With both feet in the end zone when he threw that ball. So that's, that's uh, I didn't mention that in the good earlier, but Gino still looks great. Really accurate, like he should have been six for six. Uh, Derek dropped the one. Um, the sack. I think Charles Cross gets beat on that, on the sack that uh, Gino takes. That's probably fall in the bad section. Um, Cross should have held up there. But I think, yeah, Gino has been really encouraging. He just needs that. And they get the run game going with him. I mean, they didn't have Ken Walker, so maybe we're making too much out of it. But I think they should still be able to run it with DJ and Zach. Like, I, DJ looked really good in last year's preseason, for example. Uh, and this year, he's not getting those same holes and Zach's really not getting them either. But you see what happens when he does. So, yeah, that's something I wanted. To, I wrote that down. I was like, I want to see. We'd love to see that, Jackie, uh, next week. <laughs> I might just put uh, that clip in there. <laughs> we'd love to see. But don't get us sued by whoever the movie company is. You're right. I don't want to play yeah, with that. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, all right. It wouldn't even sue us because it would take too much. Uh, what you mean, I, man? They want all their I, money. <laughs> I ain't paying them shit. So, they, it's, I just don't want to get the letter in the mail. Uh, but, yeah, that's that was not. Yeah, the run game there, I was not was not uh impressed by that nor just the o-line depth in general but i do think if you watch other preseason games around the league that's everyone's problem no one has backup o-linemen that's just not the gap between starting o-linemen and backup o-linemen might be the biggest gap in the league besides starting quarterback to backup quarterback like Mm. the the gap is just massive and this everybody has that 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 issue um 
So I don't think that's just a Seahawks thing. I think everything else we talked about is Seahawks specific, whereas O-line stuff, you're just like, everybody's an O-line injury away from being screwed for the, for the most part. So that's not just Seattle. But yeah, I want to see the run game get picked up. Next week, I'm going to be paying attention to that real close as I watch the game from my house and not Wisconsin, because hell no. Uh, I'm going to be paying that. attention to that very close. And I want to watch the broadcast, because uh, apparently Mike B's up there killing it, and I have not oh, yeah. had a chance to sit down and listen to it yet. It's great. You're going to enjoy it, man. It's You might get lost in them talking. <laughs> sometimes I, I'm, I'm listening to them talk. I'm like, I'm supposed to be watching the game and paying attention, and sometimes I'll just float off into, oh, what just happened? I got to rewind it because I missed something. But those guys are phenomenal on the broadcast. I know the 12s enjoy it. Hell, I'm enjoying it, and you will too, Mike. Anything else you want to add, though, before we get up out of here? Uh, yeah, this is uh, not neither good nor bad. Just a shout-out, man. I think that – I think the young, the offensive linebacker room, or excuse me, the outside linebacker room is coming together. I see it. Mm. I see the vision. Talked to some coaches and some players behind the scenes, mostly in the offseason. They was like very similar to that Devin Witherspoon, like nod and silence move. They were like, no, we got the dogs in the line, in the in the edge rush room. DT, Boye, D Hall, um, Chenna, like they've got it. And then Tyreek Smith yesterday played really well, I thought. Um not even I thought everybody knows that's a fact. Yeah, he played well yesterday. So that's why he was up on the podium yesterday, too. Um, that that group, they're in good position with that group, not just because of the talent, but just because of the depth, I think. Like they're like last year, if Chenna wasn't on the field, probably wasn't shaking. Like that's why they had to go get Bruce up off the couch last year, Bruce Irvin. This year they don't gotta call Bruce. Like they can call Bruce if they just want to chat, FaceTime, say what up miss your brother or something like that, but they don't got to call Bruce to come play 60% of the snaps again. Cause I think they'll be fine with D hall. They're definitely going to be fine with Mafe. Mafe is hooping. Uh, Tyreek Smith had a really good day yesterday. Uh, know what DT can do. And then Chen is a beast. You already know there. like, that's five solid dudes, especially for what they're all making. All those guys are on second round contracts with the exception of Chenna who got the bag. So you got one guy getting the bag, Four young dudes on on cheap deals. Tyreek's a fifth rounder, but you guys get my point. I think that room is in really good shape. Better shape than I thought going into the draft. I feel like I went to the draft kind of skeptical of that room. And now it's not they added a bunch of new dudes, but maybe I just need to see them to really feel like, okay, Boye's making that jump. DT's DT, Chenna's Chenna. They just needed one more piece in D-Hall, and then boom, now I feel great um, about that room. I still want to see it against the Packers, particularly D-Hall. Uh, and I want to see Boye get a sack too, but Chris, that's they got some, they have some talent in there. I feel about that room the kind of the way I do about uh, the corners. Like they just got like four or five dudes who I just feel good about. Like sometimes that's all you need, man. Four good. or five young dudes. dudes too. Young dudes too. For the future, for the present, that's all you want to hear is those guys doing their job and hopefully that results in wins, sacks, because they want to get that sack number up. Although. They finished pretty strong last year. So yeah, top they were their seventh in sacks last year. But yeah, they can get that number up. So get that number up. Hopefully Daryl Taylor comes back and he's healthy and he gets going week one. Because that's what you need. You can't have him week thirteen or week tail week eleven or twelve getting it going. You want him from week one alongside Uchenna, Boye, and all the other gentlemen you talked about. So yeah. side note, before we get out of here, we are at two thousand nine hundred seventy one. That means twenty nine <laughs> more people just need to follow us on on YouTube and subscribe to our man to man channel. We know you're listening on Apple. Those numbers are good and up. YouTube is up. 
So how about you just hit that subscribe button? You keep coming back, so just subscribe. It's really <laughs> simple. I know you're listening, so you're watching and listening. So if you haven't subscribed, just go ahead and click it. I know you're like, I don't want to be notified. I know you guys drop every week. How about this? Just don't just subscribe. It's really simple. You see, how, look at that. Easy. You did it. Bam. We're almost at 3,000. So get us there. We should be there by week one. It's literally 29 people. How many days before the first game? What is it, like 23 or something, 22? That's too much math, brother. I'll just take your word for it. <laughs> Two subscribers a day. Just two subscribers. Someone. Click it. I know you're watching it. If you haven't, do it right now. Mike, is there anything you want to add before we get out of here? Appreciate the love. Always, you guys. We There's no pod without you guys tapping in on whatever platform you guys are tapping in on. We, we appreciate it. Uh, week three coming up next Saturday. Again, I'm not going to Green Bay, so I'll be at the couch. <laughs> I'll be on my couch uh, just like you guys will be at your cribs. We'll watch it together on TV as a big old happy family and see whatever Mike Bennett wears next week i cannot wait to see it uh, until then we will catch you guys man seahawks man to man podcast we are out Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.